Hello and welcome to Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. On this episode, I'm joined by a returning guest of the podcast. He is a host of Caged In, Coppola Connections. It is Petros Patsilavus. Petros was kind enough to return to the podcast with a musical topic this time round in the form of Steely Dan. This is a band that I've been loosely aware of over the years, but haven't really dived into properly. But of course, that's all changed now thanks to Petros. I really did enjoy this conversation and learned an absolute ton about one of the most interesting bands I think I've ever heard about. We talk about their unique approach to songwriting, the sheer amount of musicians that they worked with, and the various styles and genres that they blended together, and so much more. So without further ado, let's just get to it. This is Steely Dan with Petros Patsilavus. Hello, Petros, and welcome back to the Fundamentals podcast. Hello, Holly. Thank you for having me back. It's always it's always a joy to be welcomed back onto a podcast. I think the mm. eternal fear of anyone who talks on a microphone for their hobby, living, or whatever is, oh, I don't know, have I, have I burnt? Because it's quite a solitary affair a lot of the time. It's like, well, mm. I just burnt bridges there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do I, do I just come on and like ruin their format and like just kind of like just just I don't know? Is, are they going? That's the worst episode we've ever had. Like, let's never yeah. have that guy back. So to be invited back on is yeah. uh, is, is is always an honour. I yeah, I completely understand that fear. But no, rest assured, mate, you're you're all good. And um, yeah, it's it's just nice to have you back on. It has been too long. In fairness, I think the last time you were here, we were talking sitcoms and. Yeah, yeah, that was a few years ago now. Was that the height of the the height of the pandemic? Which feels it was. Like, and yeah. we're, we're, we're speaking literally on like the kind of the anniversary of like lockdown one as well. This is kind of yeah. like this is, so. I've I've been very nostalgic today for 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 being in. No, 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 no. It, was, <laughs> it was a terrible time for everyone involved. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I think I think none of us miss that. But uh yeah, you're right. It is it is a sort of strange thing to think back on. But yeah. Anyway, man, we're we're here to talk about positive things. We're here to talk about music and you've brought a really interesting artist <laughs> in the form of Steely Dan. Um I just want to throw it straight over to you, man. What was your introduction to this band then and like why did you want to bring it onto the show? So I've been thinking about this, like I was like do I have like a cool story of being like really young, like a, a a figure in my life who may have like introduced this band to me? And no, the uh, that the the, the the short answer is no. There <laughs> right. is no kind of like cool older older sibling or dad or like uncle or something like that. Sure. Um, I did I did I did have a I did have a couple of figures like that in my life but they never showed me steely dan and i since then realized that one of them was a massive steely dan fan and i was like you really did me dirty by not introducing <laughs> me to steely dan earlier <laughs> i had to get i had to be acquainted with them by playing guitar hero world tour which right. has their song do it again from the debut album you can't buy a frill yeah so yeah i just remember playing that and just being like what is this kind of like Latin beat, like jazz rock song? 
mm. and just kind of being like, what, what is this? And like kind of loved playing it. It's almost like, I don't know, mm. I think I got confused like because of, Black Magic Woman by Santana was also on yeah. that, and it's like it's got that it's got a similar kind of like Latin inspired beat to it and stuff like that. So I remember being a bit like, "Who are this band?" And then I'm trying to think when it was. It like I really, really got into them. Maybe like not even that long ago. Like I, I say that uh, time is just kind of. Mm-hmm. just runs away from me uh so like <laughs> i was talking like eight years and like, I, I got in hard like maybe like 2015 2016 got really really into steely dan and kind of like devoured everything they did to a point i'm i'm kind of like an original run steely dan fan so kind of okay. from 1973 to 1980 when like that run of albums i've listened to the 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 two albums they've done after their 20 year hiatus mm-hmm. it's not really for me like i, I find that with a okay. lot of bands do you know what i mean like i like i like the rolling stones classic albums like back in the day kind of 60s 70s 80s even even into the 80s but yeah not really into not really into i don't know old, old, old men trying to sound like they did back in the 70s it's not really my vibe <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. And you know, as far as the origin goes, man, I think I've I've kind of really come to that conclusion now on this podcast that like it really doesn't matter what your intro point is for anything. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, a video game like something like, you know, Guitar Hero, surprise, surprise to no one listening to this if you know this podcast and me at all. Um, yeah, big fan of those games when they came out. And, <laughs> you know, as a teenager, especially, you know, discovered well, I was already in that sort of world anyway of guitars, but like discovered quite a bit through those games because, yeah, like you said, it was quite an interesting mix of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great way of being introduced to something, you know, hearing a song, playing along to it, and yeah, just like, oh, this is a bit of fun. What's this? And well, then just like, going from there. You're actively listening to the song as well, which is yeah. like something with those. It's not like a passive experience. And I know like a lot of people, especially, and I think that kind of, People my age, like kind of early thirties, like to like like yeah, I guess late thirties, kind of have that with the Tony Hawk's games of that kind of like passive uh, play. Do you know what I mean? Like playing yes. Tony, Hawk. And, and 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 for me, that was like loads of bands I kind of got into. Like I don't mm-hmm. think I ever would have heard the band Refused if I hadn't right. played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. I believe that mm-hmm. the new noise is on, and like I fell in love with that. And like yeah, I think I think there's like. And I, I, I am, I am all open for the idea that it doesn't matter where you get your music from. It's just cool no. to to get it. And and I think even in the kind of times we're living in now, yeah, algorithms are feeding you stuff, but you do still feel like, especially like something like Spotify, for all its ills, makes these playlists kind of based on what you like and what you're into. You do kind of have that feeling in a in a kind of roundabout way of discovering something yourself even though it is kind of being fed to you in that weird way and Mm. it's and i really love that feeling of just being like oh yeah no it's my input into this algorithm that has kind of spat this back out to me yeah and i don't know if that was i don't know like trying to think why i started listening to steely dan like in 2015 i just i just don't know i just i just have this weird thing where like i hit like 
I hear a name or I must have heard their song on something or just like was thinking about, oh yeah, I remember playing Guitar Hero World 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 Tour. Like what like what was the track list for that? And then be like, oh, Steely Dan, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on and then go down that rabbit hole. And yeah, that's kind of, I think it would have been something like that was as, as like why I got really back into them. And, and, and it's really weird for like a massive band they also it feels like something that i found myself as well as being like oh they're like they're my little thing and i guess like when a band you love them that much they feel like they're they're your little thing even though they kind of yes. have like a plethora of fans out there and you you all have that similar feeling absolutely yeah i um <clears throat> yeah i can relate to that quite heavily um somebody who's a huge fan of many bands and like yeah even recently i was at a gig and i'm in a room of like ten thousand people who all obviously feel the same way about the artists you're seeing but yeah i think you still have that what feels like a very personal connection and that's kind of something i really love about music in general about mm -hmm. when you hear something it just grabs you and moves you and means a lot to you and you know it sounds like you really like dove into them and I'm assuming that that was kind of like a soundtrack for a certain moment in your life then. Yeah. Well, they're kind of, they've, they've been, they are like a solid consistent for me. Like as okay. somebody who kind of like has spells of kind of really rinsing bands that I love. Yes. Steely Dan, mm. a one that I like, I just come back to all, all the time and it's like, kind of like, ah, oh, like I don't know, like oh, I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to listen to today. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm in the mood for like the Royal Scam. I mean, yeah. I'm in the mood for that album today. It always kind of like falls back onto, yeah, stuff like that. Where I'm like, yeah, let's let's listen to Gaucho. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I get that, man. I've got a few artists that are like that for me for sure. So, what was it about their sound then that kind of draws you in and just kind of puts them above? I guess other artists for you at this moment i think there is this perfectionism to their sound and this kind of mm -hmm. like melding of jazz and pop that i don't know just really like it's really captivating and they kind of they kind of get bunched in with like the kind of yacht rock bands and stuff like that i think they did like sure. a, a tour a few years ago which was like them and like the doobie brothers maybe like hall and oats and stuff like that and they kind of have that kind of they are a part of that but they're also something completely different because they're kind of this unique entity that up until i believe it was 2019 mm. that walter becker died but it was donald fagan and walter becker the two core members right every, every like album they just utilized the New York or LA kind of session musician scene to just like find stuff that was the best for what they kind of had in their mind and mm -hmm. famously just kind of were ridiculously perfectionist about everything. I think it's something to the effect of uh, Babylon sisters, the opening track on the album Gaucho there was 247 mixes of that song until Whoa. Donald Fagan was happy with like how the how how it sounded and like there's something ridiculous like 
they just sit in there working on like the fade out of the song and like that they're like no that that no, it needs to be slower it needs to be like and it just like got yeah it just got to the point where yeah it ended up with like 274 mixes of the song just to get it right and it's just kind of like if you're willing to go to that effort and they are kind of really sardonic and like sarcastic and really i don't know biting in their music and and Mm. them as people they yeah they're kind of they're they're more akin to like a larry david than they are to like other musicians and i think they famously kind of just like bad mouth other bands and stuff like that and but they're like they've also got the kind of chops and credentials to 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 back it up and i know like their album azure is very much like still to this day i think it's like a audio files go to album to kind of test speak it, like their speakers and stuff like that just because like the way that album is mixed and stuff like that it's just like perfection like they 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 are like the ultimate kind of nerds do you know what i mean mm. they, they, they they are they are quote unquote nerds. and i kind of like that like people who are just so dedicated to their art that really appealed to me and the songs like yeah the songs just really really slap like that's, that it, it kind of boils down <laughs> to that like there's so so many of their songs i absolutely i absolutely love and i kind of like really buy into the, yeah they're kind of their world building and their kind of askew view on songwriting, like kind of, especially like lyrically and like where they're coming from. And there's like, there's an element of humor to it without being comedy songs. If yeah. That makes sense. That was something that really struck me when I was listening to it today, funny enough, in uh, preparation for this episode was a lot of the lyrics. Yeah. I was kind of taking them in and thinking, yeah, these are quite dark in mm-hmm. a lot of respects, but not like somber or bitter or, you know, nothing like that. Nothing like the tortured artist kind of thing. It was very just sort of, yeah, like you say, biting and a little bit. At times it felt a little bit sarcastic and a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah, like they've got a point to make in this song. But it, it feels really strange when you kind of have that mixed in with like a a funky, upbeat kind of, like you say, latin based or bluesy tune that feels you know quite bright and happy they're using a lot of major chords and sounds in a lot of places and and you listen to the lyrics and you're like it's quite a sad story they're telling there with a little bit of satire and and cynicism and yeah it's a really interesting mix to listen to for sure and given what i know about you petros and the last time you were here you know we were funny enough you mentioned larry david you know we're talking about seinfeld it's like yeah, I can see why that would appeal to you and your sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they like the the subject matter of their songs as well. They they did a mm. um they've got a song on the opening track to their album The Royal Scam. Um Kid Charlemagne is like a basically a biographical song about a guy called uh, Augustus Stanley Osley who was like a famous like drug cook. Right. And like they really like paint a picture and like, do you know what I mean? That is a super dark subject matter. Yeah. But then like you listen to the song and it's kind of got these like, it's got like a road, like, like it's kind of got this like real rhythm to it and stuff like that. And some absolutely like killer, like guitar work on it and stuff like that. And they kind of like yeah. pull in. Yeah. I think the guitar on that is Larry Colton. Like I think he, uh, I think he was like, 
yeah, did like a lot of like Michael Jackson, like, yeah, again, like just a massive, like big session guy who kind of played on, played on it, played on everything. And he just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I just pulled up his thing. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of names. People should go and look that up. That's kind of insane. Yeah, I know what you mean. There was some stuff that really stood out to me. Um, there was another song, Don't Take Me Alive, was one I listened to off the oh. album. I just had it on a shuffle. And that really caught my ear as well. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah. And again, the lyrics Ooh. to that were like, oh, this is kind of dark yeah. and sad. But but just like that 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 kind of, there's that guitar riff. It's like that. Yeah. And it kind of like a place setter, like kind of brings it all back around. Like, yeah. don't take me alive. Like, he's yeah, he's like, and... That's a thing as well. There is something about Donald Fagan's voice where he mm. sounds like it. It weirdly sounds like he like he can technically sing, but like mm. he hasn't got the voice of a singer. If you know what I mean, yeah. like he's like it's a very peculiar like, and sometimes he uses like quite staccato singing, especially on a track like "Do It Again," like the the, the yeah. kind of entry point for me. Like, yeah, he's kind of got this, like, staccato rhythm to the way he's singing and stuff like that. And I think the melodies that they, they come up with, with, with like, that he sings. And you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned, like, they use a lot of major chords. They famously, and I, 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 I can never, like, wrap my brain around how, how this actually works. I, I really mm-hmm. should have, like, looked it up again. But he's created his own chord, which they call the Moo Major. Okay. And without kind of like, yeah, the, it's like the kind of, if, you, if, if it's like almost known as like the Steely Dan chord. And That's I think there is a great like YouTube video of uh, Donald Fagan at the piano kind of uh, playing it and like uh, kind of explaining what it is. I think it's like you kind of, it's just melding like different chords together to kind of, yeah, have this, has this major sound, but it has like, it may have like minor stuff in there as well. Um, yeah, it's basically like, I've got it here, it's add two, add nine chords, which, yeah, they're, um, they're an interesting mix. Yeah, they're basically like for most people, if you're playing, it's usually like the the root in the major third or ma- or fifth. You know, you kind of if you're playing a major chord, you keep it simple, so like a couple of them. Whereas, yeah, if you you throw in a few minors, you throw in something else to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, that's really clever, actually. I got to say, that's a really interesting approach to uh to writing something like that. Wait, Wait. Stop, stop the podcast. podcast. The host is wrong. Hello, and welcome to another section of Correction Corner, a section of the Fundamentals podcast where I, future Harley, have to intervene because past Harley was a bit of an idiot. I apologise for the inconvenience. I will say in my defence, however, at this point, music theory is not exactly my strong suit. However, given that it is a very important part of the discussion here, I just wanted to take a moment to address it to make sure that we all have a clear understanding of what on earth I was trying to talk about before we move on. So after spending a good half an hour watching various YouTube videos and playing around on my own guitar to make sure I've got somewhat of a grasp of what exactly they were doing with the Moo chord, I've come up with this very simple 
but not complete explanation. Basically, as I said earlier, most major chords are comprised of the root note, the major third, and the major fifth. When it comes to the Mu chord, however, Fagan and Becker decided to spice things up by adding a major second note to the chord. In practice, here's what it sounds like when I play an open C major chord and an open C Mu chord on the guitar. As I said, it is a bit more complicated and nuanced than that, and if you would like to know more, then I've left a link in the show notes to a video that explains it in a bit more depth. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. And I think it just kind of... It complements the subject matter, right? Because it's Definitely. like... Definitely. Yeah. And it complements his voice, and it's kind of... that like Stuff like that, where you think like they're really on the ball with what they're doing and it's like it's all thought out and i think i believe like by 1974 they i think they started in like 1972 if i am correct uh yep i think that's what we have here let's double check well 1971 yeah. they were fat they, they they founded yeah by 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 1974 they basically retired from like touring which is something like which would be like ridiculous by today's standards just because they were they they were so into recording albums and i think they're a real rare case i don't know i don't know it mm. seems like it's more of a thing from the seven like 60s and 70s is mm. their latter stuff is some of for, for for my money and i think it's like widely like seen that way their latter albums are considered their better stuff. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. And it's, it's, I think that the kind of Trinity of the final three albums. So yeah, the Royal scam, Azure and Gaucho up until their breakup, like they're kind of like arguably their best free albums that they did. And it's like, it's crazy to think by today's standards, it's like the first album's amazing. And because of like, there's no money in music anymore. Nobody uh -huh. has the time and resources to be able to like go, we're not going to tour. We're actually really going to just stay in the studio and work on this like album for as long as we need or whatever. And I say that like Steely Dan were churning out an album a year, but I imagine if you don't have to tour for like 200 days of the year, yeah that's easy to do right that's easy to kind of you can take you you can basically release an album every i don't november and yeah. it will be fine <laughs> that's true that's, that's a really interesting point actually because yeah so many artists today kind of talk about the touring life and just how much of a toll it takes on them you know that that's like a huge component of well, that's where the money is right now like right exactly exactly so yeah you're 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 onto something really interesting there yeah if you take that element out of it and you just focus on producing mixing and writing then yeah you're right like you could easily bash out an album a year quite comfortably and you can spend as much time as you like on it i suppose and if that's what you want to do then fair enough and and i think it's the like they famously said that their second album, Come Down to Ecstasy, like, 
is the one that they find underwhelming because they were touring and they were trying to record the album whilst on tour. So obviously they can't just hole up in a studio and kind of like, do you know I mean, jump on the phone every day and be like, Hey, which session musicians are about? Like send yeah. in, send in these, send in like a, a, a guitarist. And mm-hmm. like when you get to yeah, an album like Asia, which there is an amazing, I, I, I love, I love a good, like, um, music documentary they did an episode of classic albums uh-huh. and i recommend anyone even if you're not a steely dan fan is it's hilarious for one like <laughs> right. they're kind of sat behind the desk and they're the song peg has there were seven different like guitarists came in to do a solo on that whoa and they're kind of just sat behind the desk playing the alternate takes and like I think they're playing one of them and they're going like, like, yeah, you can see why this didn't work. Like they're really like brutally honest about it. Joey. They're not like, they're not like, yeah, this was good. Like, yeah, you can, you, you, you can see why this didn't work. And then they kind of like get to the one that's on there and it's like, yeah, it's got this like weird Hawaiian edge to it and stuff like that. And it's like, oh yeah, this is crazy. That, that, that documentary has just got some, some great stuff on it. I think there's a bassist talks about the fact that because slap bass was really big at the time, they were like, we don't want, we don't want slap bass. Like we're kind of like, yeah. we, we don't, we don't want to be zeitgeisty. We want to be doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And this guy knew on peg is like, when it gets to the chorus, it needs that kind of slap pop to like bring it up a step. And he talks about how he like mm-hmm. got the kind of sound dividers in the studio and positioned them in a way so like from the control room they couldn't see him yeah and then like played through the track put the slap bass on the solo uh, on, on on the chorus and they were going that sounds great man like that that's really great <laughs> and it made it onto the track and it's like i imagine if they saw him doing it they would have shut it down but they, they mm. like it kind of speaks to them as well that they like session guys would have to trick them into just like hearing the full take and then yeah. being like you can't argue with this like i have kind of added to it and kind of it's like circumventing their perfectionist ways to kind of yeah get 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 stuff that's a bit of them on there and yeah there's so many there's so many great moments on that there's um again with with the song peg um michael mcdonald one of yeah was the lead singer of the doobie brothers at at one point Mm-hmm. and like a solo career in his own right he does backing vocals on that song and if 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 anyone's heard it it's kind of got this like um you just hear this like back back to you like on the on the chorus just the but like mm. they got him to record all the harmonies himself mm-hmm. and he says like the harmonies they were asking for like how tight they were it got to a point where it was almost impossible to hear like where the harmony was anymore. Cause it's like, I'm, 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 we're talking like a matter of, do you know what I mean? Like kind of, do you know what I mean? Like a, a, a note jump, like not mm-hmm. even like and it, it within the same, within the same octave. Like they're not yeah. asking for like a low, a mid and a high. They're asking for like, free high basically creating mm. chords with his voice and he's like 
your ears just kind of like it's like it was a real test on his yeah. his ears as a musician to be able to be like oh, i need to hear what i've recorded what i'm singing to not copy it but also like get that tiny interval they're asking for and it's kind of like again that yeah. speaks to their their perfectionism which is yeah the more i'm talking about it's like mm-hmm. oh, maybe that's why i like this band because they're like yeah uh, <laughs> they're, 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 yeah they're, they're they're really serious at what they do I think that makes sense, given that it has this kind of progressive sound and it's a mix of all of these elements. When you listen to it, it's kind of, I mean, we're talking genres, you know, on Wikipedia, it's, oh, it's a rock band. I would not say they're a rock band, but I wouldn't say they're a jazz band and I wouldn't say they're a blues band or, a you know, an Americana band. They're just all of it. They're just Mm -hmm. all of music, basically. They're one of those guys that just sort of throw it all in the melting pot, which is great, but it means that what you're saying is is absolutely spot on you have to be very particular you know you have to put all of these elements together in a way that actually makes sense because you know i think anyone else you could run the risk of of making it clash i mean i'll I'll raise my hands now and say that in terms of my songwriting and just as an amateur musician i would not be able to ever put anything together like what they've done because i listen to it and i go Oh wow, that's really complex. Or like, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't have thought to put that drum beat with that bass line and that harmony or that guitar lick. You know, I'd write something completely different. I, and I think what is great about them is it is so complex, but it's not yeah. alienating. It's not like muso yeah. music. Like right. There is an yeah. element to that. Like if you kind of want to peel back the layers of it and get into the nuts and bolts of it, what is yeah. happening is really complex and like difficult to play. But on a surface level, mm-hmm. it just, they sound like great, like perfectly crafted pop songs. Like yeah, Peg's a perfect example of that. Black Cow is like a, like Ricky Don't Do That Number. Like there's so many songs like throughout their like discography where you just go mm-hmm. like the, the, yeah. Like there's a song like The Fez off the Royal Scam and it's like, yeah, that's probably super complicated, but like, it's just got this killer kind of like, organ riff on there that's like almost i don't know like got like a middle eastern vibe to it but then Mm. just these really like funky yeah like jazz inspired guitars and stuff like that yeah Yeah. we haven't even talked about like if you if you kind of scroll through yeah the (laughs) the like additional musician section on their uh wikipedia page it's kind of like a who's who of like yeah session guys from the time so yeah they've got like uh uh rick marota uh on drums again like i think famously i think he played drums on you want to be starting something by um michael jackson or at least has been on the like uh bernard purdy Mm -hmm. plays drums basically on (laughs) most of the royal scam and kind of came back in for some songs on peg and he's a fascinating character. He he has a drum beat that he basically created. Well, yeah, like kind of his signature thing was the the Purdy Shuffle. Again, like you can you can check like videos up on YouTube. But like I'm I'm not really I'm not a drummer, so like I probably couldn't like explain the complexities of it. But like yeah, there's so many resources of him going through like what he does and like it's mm-hmm. like. Oh, I, I, 
I, I drag on the snare at this point and it kind of like I do, I do double time on on this on the hi-hats and stuff like that and it just creates this yeah like sound to it and he, he utilizes that on like songs on asia and stuff like that and he's yeah. he's he's great like they say they, they tell a story of like he would come to the studio and he'd always carry like two signs that would like one would just say well done and the other one would say like you've just hired the hit maker and like he again he's right. somebody with like a really impressive um uh cv of like who he's worked with Do you know yeah. I mean? like he was yeah, a, yeah. yeah. He, he's the drummer on sh- like the shaft like song and stuff like that. Like, uh, right. And yeah, he's played with like Nina Simone, Aretha Franklin, Joe Cocker. Uh, yeah. Kind of list goes on and on and on and on. Like, yeah, they've, they've, they've just had legends like play Steve Gadd again, like a kind of another drum legend. He, he, yeah. he he's popped up on some of their stuff. Um, Wayne Shorter, the saxophonist. They get like somebody I absolutely love, like yeah, his band Weather Report. Like I'm a massive fan of as well. So like, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. So like he pop he pops up at on stuff, and it's kind of they they really do did siphon through like who are the best, who's the best of the best. Will mm. we'll we'll have them please? Yeah, I mean that's incredible, and again, that kind of makes sense if they're blending all of these different genres and styles together and you're just purely concentrating on it really being a studio project then yeah you absolutely want the best that you can get your hands on and you know that they'll bring exactly what you're after it makes total sense i find that just fascinating man so i'm just curious then so they did all of this for it looks like a relatively short amount of time yeah 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 so 71 to 81 basically a 10-year stretch yeah which it's an interesting thing that tends to happen, I find, to bands that get big. I mean, you've done like Oasis and the Beatles on here, you know, kind of similar trajectory of had this 10-year run of like, you know, brilliant, huge albums. And then inevitably it seems there comes a breakup, you know, and a clash of ideas and what have you. But yeah, what sort of happened with them there? Because they were off for 20 years, I've got here, and, and you mentioned it earlier. Well, if I, I, I think like just their kind of... um they they fell out if i'm if i'm correct like um okay. yes they disbanded yeah in june 1981 uh becca moved back to maui where he became an avocado rancher uh <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I, yeah. think, I think i think like <laughs> like met like many bands like water becca had his problems with drugs so right. like i imagine that was like becoming a strain on on the band yeah it's like to be honest i probably should have looked into why they split up but like the fact that like having a tertiary look on wikipedia Mm -hmm. it doesn't really say as to why i think they kind of keep kept stuff so that they keep stuff pretty close to their chest yeah as to as to why they why they split up and i imagine they probably came back because they were like we we got a chance. We got a chance to do it again. Like, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and uh, the yeah, like we, we, I don't know. It pretty felt like they had unfinished business, or maybe had some divorces to pay for. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna say not to be too cynical, but yes, it 
tends to be that way with uh, legacy bands when they sort of come back off a hiatus or just keep going well into their 60s. You kind yeah, of think, I think, I think, I think Donald Fagan has like openly admitted yeah. he did a tour recently in the last like five years to pay mm. off a divorce. Like, <laughs> which is like, wow. All power to you. Like, like, cheers for the honesty. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Just call but it a divorce tour or something, you know? Yeah, and it's, and that's the thing. I think they're, <laughs> they're kind of like cynical rivalry. Like, I think, yeah, they, they, there was, there was probably a, like a rivalry between them as well. Cause like, mm-hmm. if you look, <laughs> uh, Walter Becker's like widow and estate sued Donald Fagan like in 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is after his, after his passing. Yeah. After his passing. Yeah. 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 Um, over like, the uh, yeah that they should have a 50 percent stake in the band still Ooh. and stuff like that so like yeah it's it's like do you know what i mean it's it's it's, it's di- i don't know it's dicey stuff like they're kind of mm. and i think the thing like that they are a band and some bands do bright burn bright and hot but that like something like that can only last for a a succinct amount of time without it kind of burning out. And I think, I think that's probably what it was like. Cause yeah, if we, if we look at that period in which they were recording albums, they, what they did, they did a silly amount of albums in a quick succession. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was basically like from, yeah, from 72, it's an album a year until 1977. Yeah. And then they took, they took yeah a couple years off and then back in, 1980 with with another with another album so what's that that's one two three six seven albums in what the space of eight years like yeah. it's pretty impressive like <laughs> i know there's some bands that take some you know like double that time really to to reach that number you know 20 years sometimes bands have had that um, but as you say i guess the touring for most people kind of factors into that but yeah yeah I don't know. I just I do find that really interesting. It's sort of they seem like you say kind of perfectionists, and they just wanted to take their time. It's it's certainly an approach that you don't see anymore. And I think you're right that in part it's because touring makes money for people these days. Well, and I think they're um, a perfect example of showing that like you can the more like the more you write and like yeah. have that freedom to write, you can get better. You can like. You you can you sure. can make the stuff better like yeah. yeah it's kind of I think like Azure is like seen as like they're kind of like big like that's the one for a lot of people and then like Gaucho takes a little bit of a dip like for me okay. like the Royal Scam I think like is a a flawless album like uh-huh. I just I just I just love it like, it's got such like a gnarly front cover with these kind of like yeah gargoyles with a man sleeping on a bench and like yeah i remember picking that up on vinyl i was kind of sifting through uh a shop in brighton called the wax factor being like oh, God, i gotta get i gotta get the royal scam like it's one i've got to own on vinyl yeah and um yeah like it's just it's just great like and the, they they even make like jokes within their songs and that like there's a there's a reference to to the eagles on that which was like a just a, a nice bit of like uh like gentle ribbing to another band i guess that they're kind of like 
mm-hmm. would have been in like rivalry with at the time. So yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love the fact that they're the name of their band as well is like a reference to a William S. Burroughs book. So right, okay. So it's uh, Naked Lunch and a Steely Dan is some kind of uh <laughs> like i guess some kind of like dildo like oh, right within, okay. or like yeah some kind of like implement for pleasure within naked lunch and like right there yeah a steely dan <laughs> <laughs> that's that is not what i was expecting actually yeah. from that yeah it's like a weird name and the, that kind of explains their band in a weird way that they are these kind of two little oddballs and so like look at photos yeah. of them they look, they look like these weird i don't know they yeah they look like they should be comedy writers not musicians almost right <laughs> yeah 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 you kind of wonder maybe different career paths who knows but i just find that fascinating man that they just yeah they're, they're very sort of strange uh, what, what i get from that actually is that they clearly don't take themselves too seriously as much as they care deeply about the art and making it as as good as it can be and obviously would have practiced so much you know to get as as proficient as they uh, did as songwriters and musicians there's definitely this sense of not taking the art or themselves too seriously yeah and i think they are like a singular unit as well because i think they were mm. hired originally like to be to be to be writers, to basically be yeah. like hit, hit, hit writers. And the, the kind of company they were working for kind of like heard the songs they were writing. They'll be like, this is just too, this is just too like niche. And this, 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 this doesn't, this won't work for like the artists that we've got. And so mm-hmm. like the, the guy who hired them was like, you should just start your own band. Cause this like, obviously this is coming for you. They're probably, do you know what I mean? Sending the, label demos and stuff like that with donald fagan singing and like it's like yeah this is this is your music like you 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 do it like this isn't for mm-hmm. anyone else and what a kind of great move that was because yeah like you wouldn't get the i don't know yeah you wouldn't get this kind of unique band and like i don't know recently um steve albini has come out and like just really went into them on twitter he's like oh uh, kind of went into some whole thing about like he said you know what do you know about you know a band that loads of people love that I, I i i think suck steely dan and kind of went on to like some multiple tweet thread about like why steely dan are bad and kind of like right and it's like i can i can get it i can get it like if you kind of do do look into them and like the they are a bit of muso and stuff like that. And I guess mm. for people nowadays as well, well, yeah, they would say it's proper, like it's classic dad rock music. And that's very much a genre I'm into, even though like mm-hmm. dad rock now, like you might buy a dad rock CD and it have like blink 182 on it, which makes me feel <laughs> ridiculously old. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be back to, uh, Tony Hawk, you know, that pro skater game. Fat Lip by Sum 41 is on yeah. like dad rock <laughs> anthems. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, I was like a kid when I was like, Jeremy, that's the stuff I was listening to. And I was like a kid, like slash teenager. And that's like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Age, it comes for us all. 
But no, I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I also kind of think this is whole thing, right, with music of uh, just because something's not for you doesn't mean it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think there is objectively bad music out there. Like, there's almost anything objectively bad in art, right? If you want to get technical, technical. about it. But, yeah, yeah. but then when you listen, you know, like we've been talking about it and like I said, listening to it on the way home today, I was like, this is really proficient. This is really well put together. This is really well performed. But I can understand why some people might not groove with it, might not like it. That's fine. It's just that doesn't mean it's bad. And I, it's something that I kind of get my back up about, actually, with people. And sometimes they're like, I'm like, oh, do you see this movie or do you like this band? And they're like, no, it's rubbish. And I'm like, hang on a second. It's not rubbish. You just didn't like it. And yes. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. And if anything, I'm like, tell me why. What do you, what do you not like about it? But if, you just, if you're just going off of it's bad because I say so, it's like, ah, you, no, sorry. That doesn't hold any water to me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm really happy in the fact that, like, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people I know, and I, I've got, I've got a friend of mine, Harry, who I must shout out, uh, <laughs> okay. Harry Manier from from the band uh, Regal Cheer, and e- every time we kind of meet up, we always kind of like just have like a little steely Dan nerd out session where we kind of like, yeah. oh, like, oh man. What about this song? What about that? And it, it it just devolves into that, or just kind of like sharing little like tidbits and stuff like that. And it, we we like we we always keep talking about it, and we mm. we, we really need to do it because there's there's a great um like covers band like, and I think for my money from listening to some like like recordings of Steely Dan shows and stuff like that, they've got to the point with some of their stuff where. I don't know, this is like for some people, like I, I get it, but like they've played the song so many times that they'll do like a boss and over version of a song. And it's like, yeah, for my money, it's like, nah, I want to hear, I want to hear the song on the album. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. not, not Joe or like play, play, like not, not exactly the same. Cause I could just listen to the album, but I want to hear like a live interpretation of that. Not like mm. all of a sudden I'm playing like, yeah, like Peg with like a kind of samba beat. It's like it's a different song. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like that's not that's not what you think. But the, this band, ne- yeah, they're called Nearly Dan. Okay, uh, they're like a British, uh, like tribute act to Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. And we always kind of say that when the next playing there, like we've got to go, like we've got to go because like yeah. it just sounds like for that, like for me, like. I did look to go to Steely Dan show and I think it's, yeah, it was when they were like co-headlining a tour with the Doobie Brothers and it was mm-hmm. the O2. So like tickets were like, do you know what I mean? Like probably hundreds uh, of pounds out of thought. Yeah. Hundreds of pounds and you're in the nosebleeds. Do you know what I mean? If you kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I imagine a lot of their fans are like, do you know what I mean? Like middle-aged Q readers who have got like <laughs> red wing boots and selvage denim and like German have got us have got a second home and can afford can afford these extortionate prices and kind of like young hipsters like me like are like oh man I love Steely Dan but part of me I don't know do, do I want to be seeing a band that I love kind of probably way part i don't know i don't know if they're past their prime i imagine they probably still are great because mm. i imagine the kind of touring band around donald fagan 
yeah. are some of the best, I would imagine. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, from what you said, I'd imagine it would be a good lineup, and it would, I would, I would have thought a good show. But um, yeah, I understand what you mean. It there is that thing about legacy bands. I have this conversation with my friends all the time because I'm, I'm a huge metalhead, and you know, some of the festivals around here are constantly putting on legacy bands and it's sort of that thing of like i get it if you're you know you want to go and see kiss for the 90th time if you're that way inclined or iron maiden or you know ozzy osbourne all the rest of it although i think he's just retired but it's that thing of like you said there's a certain crowd that can afford it and are going to go and going to spend all that money whereas the rest of us this generation are kind of like yeah can we have something else please can we have something different <laughs> you know one of the others that have have been going for 20 years you know mm-hmm. and deserve a chance uh to have a, have a pop at it but i will say i've seen a few legacy bands i've seen some people that are like past their prime if you will mm-hmm. and and it's still good fun don't get me wrong it's it's still a good show but i get what you're saying yeah it's you gotta choose i mean i have to ask petros uh, given that one of the members is now sadly passed is there a little bit of you that's like oh man i kind of wish i had scraped it together and just maybe hung out at the back you know and just <laughs> just, just enjoyed to, it yeah like partly and i i don't like not to besmirch the like legacy of mm. walter becker but like i i would imagine a steely dan show would be pretty similar do you know what i mean like like sure to, yeah. to go now like because obviously yeah he, he's he's a great guitarist in his own right but like there are songs on their albums where like he's not even playing guitar right Do you know what i mean so the the things i'm like in love with like the the solos and stuff like that that's mm-hmm. a recession guy do you know what I mean? A, 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 yeah. A somebody else. So it's like that that's, thing of like... That, that's a good point, actually, yeah. They they made this world for themselves where it's almost like, you know, there's a great kind of uh, polyphonic video on YouTube where it says like, Steely Dan are not a band, they're an aesthetic. And it's kind of like, that's okay. what they created. They created like this, this like vibe and this world and like... They are the harbingers. They are the kind of dungeon masters of this game, and they're, they're the ones pulling the strings. But then, the things you fall in love with are the kind of the players and the characters that they invite in. That they 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 invite in to play in that game that they've created. Mm. And yeah, you kind of I don't know you you fall in love more with yeah like that th- th- those guys like do you know what I mean like yeah. the, the bernard purdy beats and the kind of um mm. i don't know like yeah like denny diaz guitar solos and stuff like that and it's like yeah i don't i don't i don't, I don't know like i don't, I don't sound it might, might sound like quite crass and like uh, mean-spirited but i don't mean it in that way it just kind I, of like no i don't think it does petrus i think actually it makes a lot of sense what you're saying because it's as you say, that's the aesthetic. That's the the what the band's all about. And from what you've described and being a fan, it's like you you're gonna look into that stuff. You're gonna be yeah interested in in hearing that. And I guess that's the maybe a, a downside of of doing this the way they've done it is it's impossible to replicate that live. You know, mm. it's it's so like meticulously put together, and as you say, with so many different ingredients that 
if they're going to go on tour, they're going to bring great people with them, but they're not going to bring all of the people they use for that album. You're not going to bring like 20 other musicians and wheel them out just for like five minutes on one song. You know, it's... Well, and I think, I think yeah. live, like Walter Becker would have been playing like rhythm guitar. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 right. I would imagine he's not going to shred... Do you know what I mean? All these solos, or maybe like throwing a throwing a couple here and there, but they would they would they they would have some dedicated like session guy or like mm. a couple of, a couple of guys on guitar where it's like you just got to nail these solos. Do you know what I mean? And like kind of really mm. like wail for it. And yeah, I don't feel like there's there's songs of theirs. And I know that yeah, the song Babylon Sisters, even though they are both really proficient and like great musicians babylon sisters they don't play a single thing on that track it's only like donald fagan singing right okay <laughs> so like obviously like they they wrote the song they kind of like like do you know what i mean they're they're, they're kind of they're not that they're, they're not oh, I, I imagine like they're like backseat producers to their own stuff in a way like they they had a working relationship with gary katz yeah. So, um, yeah, and like the like, yeah, that like he he would have been kind of run, running the board along with um, oh, who's who's their long term? Yeah, they had like uh, a long term engineer as well, who kind of like they were the two guys. It's kind of like the four of them were essentially Steely Dan, and then everyone else was like invited in. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They're they're happy to kind of like, and and, and I think that that's great as well because that's servicing the music, right? That's kind of like yeah. we don't have to be front and center. It's the what services the the song, mm. and yeah, there's I don't know, not to sound too worthy on it, but it's like that's there's something honorable and kind of like quite great about that, where it's like, mm. hey, it doesn't matter, like, yeah, like. I don't know. You you have it with things, right? Like I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've I've been invited on podcasts and I'm to talk about certain things, and I said like, hey, like you 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 try and yeah, I I, I I try and take that attitude of like, hey, maybe I'm not the right person to be speaking on this subject or a certain film or something. Because obviously, like right. my podcast, a lot of like film based stuff, and it's like I would rather the podcast be better. Mm-hmm. as like for someone else or do you know what I mean? And yeah. kind of step away from a, an opportunity. It's, it's yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunity for me to just waffle on about stuff. Do you know what I mean? I, I do on my own podcast and I kind of yeah. guest on stuff when I can. And if I feel like I've got something to add to it, but yeah, there's yeah. no point just having like an empty, empty noise. And I think, yes. I think that's what, that's what Steely Dan kind of seemed to be against there is nothing on their albums that i think they would deem maybe maybe yeah as i said maybe come down to ecstasy or a couple of tracks on the first album i know that the song dirty work is like one of the songs where donald fagan doesn't sing uh david palmer sings instead and he's got a great voice kind of got this blue-eyed soul voice but it doesn't have the quality that kind of is interesting of Donald Fagan's. So mm. like, uh, and, uh, but yeah, I think they're, they're, they definitely feel, I, they would, I'd imagine they feel like, yeah, there's no empty noise. There's no kind of 
oh, nobody will notice this. Like other people won't notice. Like they will notice. And it's kind of everything has its purpose. Everything is in its place and kind of everything is serving the song. And like, I think that's what you can ask of for a band, right? And I don't think, I don't know, people could level that some of it is self-indulgent. Yeah. I'm sure it is. I'm sure some of their songs are self-indulgent, but it's their album. <laughs> but yeah, they, they're like they're, they're, yeah, they've, the their longest yeah. song is eight yeah. minutes long. So I think mm-hmm. if if in a whole career you've only got one eight minute long song, oh, that's nothing. You're not you're not that self-indulgent. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, absolutely not. As someone who's like a fan of of some prog metal bands where they've gone for ten to twenty minutes. No, that's nothing. I'm sorry. Like, that's and again, that 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 argument I don't think holds war because it's like that's their art. That's their right to be self indulgent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it, it just yeah. I find that a bit of a strange argument. It's kind of like, well, you're listening to it, so <laughs> what difference does it make? And I like what you said though, just there about about the servicing of the song. I think that's genuinely. I feel like that's a skill that's quite hard to get right um Mm -hmm. something i hear all the time listening to people talk about songwriting and something i'm getting more into is that's something that keeps coming up and i think it's something that a lot of artists even now can sort of fall in and out of you know like you'll have this thing right where you'll you'll love a band and you'll go i don't know what it was about that last album but you know i heard a producer talk about this recently and they said like guarantee that a part of that is going to be that the band and the writers were not servicing the songs they weren't thinking about it they were just too busy maybe getting carried away with a new Mm. toy in the studio or no one was telling them you need to cut that bit out or you need to change that bit here to make it more interesting or what about this mix they just kind of were left to it um and yeah you can still hear that with with i can think of a bunch of bands off the top of my head that do that even today um and that's after decades of great stuff so yeah it's it's an interesting one to, to hear you talk about and I think I think a, a band that kind of are servicing the song, but people mm-hmm. don't feel it, and it's like leveled as a criticism. Yeah, is Arctic Monkeys, who kind of yeah did a bit okay. of a slight style shift in what they're doing, and like people are oh this might as well just be Alex Turner solo stuff, and it's kind of just because like I don't know Matt Helder's the drummer's not doing like the stuff that he was. Like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes he's just playing like a real simple beat and stuff like that. He's not kind of like rumbling all over the kit like a madman. Right. And it's like, well, as a band, they have made a decision to this is the style and the aesthetic we're going for. This song warrants this drum beat. It doesn't need somebody kind of like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like banging about the kit like, like Animal from the Muppets. It kind of just needs somebody <laughs> like with a steady, like, do you know what I mean it just needs that it doesn't need doesn't need all these flourishes and stuff like that and like yeah I Mm -hmm. think like it's really yeah it's 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 rare to see these days and they're like it's it's great it's great when you kind of see people kind of like this is the sound this is what we're going for it's kind Mm. of take the album like like it or not and I imagine I, I imagine there were kind of commercial concerns with steely dan but at the same time there is an element of like it does feel wholly them do you know what i mean like nothing nothing really sounds 
massively zeitgeist chasing or kind of like yeah chasing what is the current flavor and stuff like that like yeah they kind of seem like the type of guys who would kick back against that being like yes. well that's cool let's do something different as I, as i said with that kind of <laughs> anecdote earlier about yeah yeah the slap bass it's kind of like yeah yeah that makes sense and i, I always feel like whatever it is that you're doing as a creative right the best thing you can do is just be yourself. Mm -hmm. That's something I hear 100%. all the time, whether it's acting music, even podcasting, let's be honest. You 100%. Know, people say, oh, how do you get, how do you get success? I think some people sort of chase that. And the music industry is like all other industries is full of people doing that. But the ones that are successful just say, nah, just be yourself. Just, yeah. you know, and a lot of it's dumb luck. It's half the time it's finding the right people at the right time. And yeah, I, I don't, I just think, Generally speaking, I always admire an artist, whether or not I'm a fan of the music is irrelevant. I admire them if I can hear quite clearly, like, yes, this is what they wanted to do. Yes. I think that's, yeah, that's huge, man. That's absolutely huge. And like I said earlier, if you don't like it, it's fine. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you don't like it. At least yeah. respect the person or the individuals coming together for just doing what they want to do and 100%. doing it to the best of their ability. I think that's. Yeah, that's something to be admired. Because personally, mate, I don't know about you, nothing turns me off music more when I can hear it's just sterile, produced, like, oh, this is the the chord of the month, this is the, you know, the beat of the week, or whatever it is that's, mm -hmm. like, just chasing. It sounds like every other song, or... You get this right, and I'm going to go on a rant here, but <laughs> you know, I, I noticed it when, like, um, for example, uh, what's her name, Billie Eilish, right? She comes out. And she's got a unique sound because it's like, oh, we, we haven't heard somebody kind of yeah. sing like this with this sort of production that her brother does. And it, it works. It's really good. It's quite interesting. And then you get like a million other female singers that come out and, and are doing the exact same raspy vocal thing. And all the producers are trying to copy what her brother does. And it just sounds boring. And I just kind of sat there going like, oh, okay, this is another one. Yeah. And then, and then you kind of feel sorry for the person who's doing it right because hey if we if you can do what you love which they obviously enjoy singing if you want to do that for a career go for it well i think what's lost is people think it's that sound that is like the popular thing it's exactly. not the fact that it is unique and yeah. kind of different and like yeah. ideally in all art what you should be striving to do and we're not we're not at that place you see it with films you see it with television like yes do you know what i mean like a certain kind of thing does well like on the tv and yeah. there might have been a script that's been kicking about way before that that tv show mm -hmm. all of a sudden that's greenlit or that that like a film's greenlit off the back of like a tv show doing well and they're like mm -hmm. oh yeah this is this is this is riding that same wave Mm -hmm. And I, I was at a Q&A recently for a film where yeah. this, 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 this topic was brought up and they were saying like, and I guess it is applicable to music, like with a new yeah. sound or like a new genre yeah, yeah. is you always find there are people at the beginning of like a genre or like a specific sound in music. Like I'll use that analogy, like mm -hmm. to take it away from films, but there's people at the beginning and there's people at the end who like when it's kind of dying that are doing interesting stuff with that german you know I mean? there's people yes. like 
trying to figure it out and kind of like doing something different. And but then at the latter stage of it, like maybe we're yet to see it with Billie Eilish, but like mm-hmm. there will be somebody who has worked out the formula but then subverts it and kind of right does a twist on it and it's like oh like that's really interesting it's like yeah we saw it with like dubstep there's like really great kind of like people who yeah like you look at like someone like burial who was kind of using like the elements of dubstep but it's it's not like this just it's got those womp, 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 but it's not the kind of, to the thing of like the wing, like screeching and stuff like that, but it's still kind of mm. within that genre and kind of subverts it. And yeah, you see, you see it with, you see it with all, 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 all types of music. And it is, yeah. When, when kind of big fads come out that yeah. there are kind of people who, I don't know, raised a middle finger to it and go like, I'm going to take, I'm going to take things of that and really mess with it. I think it's the difference between inspiration and imitation, right? Yes. Like You're hearing 100%. a thing and going, oh, that sounds cool. Like you say, trying to break it down or take an element and run with it. And then just going, I'm just going to copy this. I mean, hell, we mentioned earlier, you know, like our generation looking back at pop punk and skater punk i mean you get like you said you mentioned you know like uh some 41 blink 182 so on and so forth how many other bands were there that were just really poor imitations of those guys knocking around in the early 2000s they were a dime a dozen 100 that's because that was just the flavor of the week you know and uh, I, i'll mention an artist and uh, i know he's not au fait to, to to really talk about but somebody who uh-huh. like i was a massive fan of was kanye west like from from like, okay. the first album and what was really disappointing, like, but before he kind of showed his ass to be an absolute kind of like right wing mm. sympathizer, like spouting yeah. stuff about like the Nazi party and stuff like that was like, he, he, he kind of basically in, like invented a style of kind of sample based music with this kind of like chipmunk soul and kind of did these really interesting things like, Okay. Yeah, on on his third album on a song called Champion, he he samples Kid Charlemagne by Steely Dan and stuff like that, and was doing all this stuff. But when ah. you get before, yeah, before he kind of like uh, the, all the personal stuff kind of overwhelmed it. When you kind of got yeah. to like the last album he put out and the, the last couple of albums, it's it was that thing of like, oh, you're just trying to like chase what is popular within mm. hip-hop like you, you're yeah. really wearing it on your sleeve you're getting all these like young fresh artists and like getting them on your songs and stuff like that and you just it just yeah. ends up sounding like i don't know like yeah it's like that that steve buscemi meme that you always see where it's like hey hey, <laughs> hey fellow children it's like you're a man in your 40s kind of thing and it's kind of like yeah you're like not to say you should just stick with the genre that you did but you should be trying to Mm. push things forward and not just jump on what is what is popular like do you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's that sort of moment isn't it when like an artist kind of stops being an artist and they've kind of become a commercial entity yes and it's kind of like oh but the next album or the next single needs to make money and so they start looking at it more as a business mm-hmm. as opposed to just a creative outlet. And I can understand how that happens. Um, I just, I do sort of find it interesting though, with our conversation about Steely Dan, I guess with the fact that it was studio albums and everything they did, 
I'm gathering that that's not something that ever really crept into their music. It just it seemed to be shut out. And like you say, from their personalities, they would have rejected that anyway. I can imagine if a studio came in and said, do you know what's really good at the minute? This. You should do like, I don't know, this is the 70s, a Led Zeppelin style song. Or you should do a Pink, a Pink Floyd style song. They'd have been like, no. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> Absolutely not. If anything, we're now going to go and write a thrash metal Americano rap song just to, <laughs> you know, stick the V's up or whatever, you know, like just to kind of really stick the boot in and yeah, go their own way. And you know what? Fair play. I respect that. The more you talk about it, the more I'm like, I respect that artistic integrity. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great for that. Definitely, man. So what, what, where would you say is a good place to start then for someone like myself who's definitely wants to check out more of this? I would definitely kind of, yeah, recommend that kind of triumphant, like trio of albums. Um, okay. Which are, yeah, the Royal, the Royal, the Royal Scam, uh, Asia and Gaucho um okay i would uh, like they're 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 just they're just great they're just great yeah like especially the royal scam i think it's one you can Mm -hmm. just like front to back like just listen to it like the whole way through and it's it's Mm. it's really great like i would say i don't gaucho there's like one song i like skip okay but I don't think like that's not that's I don't know six songs out of seven ain't bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. The song like "Time Out of Mind" it's absolutely great. Hey, nineteen is like fantastic. Yeah, songs that I've mentioned like mm. "Peg," um, yeah, "The Caves of Almeria" uh, is fantastic. So yeah, "Sign In Stranger." There's just green earrings off the rules it's just just though mm-hmm. yeah though those three albums i think i think if you kind of dig that like go back and their first album as well is is really great it kind of sounds like a slightly different band but like you yeah. can you can hear the you can hear the kind of foundations to what they'll become but yeah I mean, I recognised a couple off that. Like, I think it was Do It Again, Dirty Work, and Reeling in the Years were all sort of like the top oh. streams, and and I sort of recognised them all straight away. And was like, oh yeah, I've heard. This. Oh yeah, Reeling in the Years. Don't worry, you're not going to get taken down for uh, for copyright infringement there because that was such a butchering of that song. <laughs> That's it. You're going to get a check mark from. Steely Dan being like that. <laughs> I've not been pulled up on anything yet with all the different sound bites and things I use, but you never know. Podcasting, it's the Wild West. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I'll be definitely listening to a lot more. Um, Amazing. As I said, I, I, I loved what I heard on the way home. And I kind of yeah, I thought was well, something that kind of made me smile a little bit as I was thinking to myself as like, I feel like with some of it, because of the instrumental style, I could probably stick this on in the background you know, when I have people over and 100%. if people aren't paying attention to the lyrics, it's just quite amusing because people are just like, oh, it's, yeah, this is a progressive kind of blues jazz sort of thing. And it's, but as you, as we said earlier, there's a lot of really dark and interesting stuff going on underneath the surface. If you sort of tune in. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think, uh, a great, uh, yeah. Like I mentioned Kid Charlemagne earlier, like, yeah, and I, lo- I love, uh, 
the kind of like li- like lyrics on that like there's a there's a line in the fourth verse where it says like clean this mess up or us we'll all end up in jail those test tubes and the scale we've got to get out of here and he's like there's just amazing <laughs> amazing like line deliveries because the next line is like is there gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. And it's like, it's like, um, and it's like, I think the people down the hall know who we are. And it's like real, like, kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's real strut music. Like, especially that yeah, song. Yeah. I kind of like pop that in my headphones. And I'm kind of like walking down the street. But yeah, musically, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. It's got a strut to it. But then like lyrically, it's like, oh yeah, they're telling, they're, they're basically telling a tale about uh yeah like a drug cook yeah <laughs> it's like, that's that's kind of stuff you don't see that's more like i don't know it's kind of like the martin scorsese of of music writing right the way he's like right talking about the seedy underbelly of yeah the, <laughs> of kind of new york and stuff like that so yeah yeah that's what, that's what i love about it i love that too i think that's really cool um i just i mean i'm grateful you've brought this to me really and I just wanted to ask, Petros, was, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with this band or, or bring up, really? No, I, I, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think, like, mm. yeah, I've, I'm, I'm quite the I'm sure, I'm sure there's probably, I don't know, there might be Steely Dan devotees who are like, oh, you didn't mention this, you didn't mention that. Like, <laughs> but it's my experience of the band and why I love them, yeah. right? They're why I'm a fan. I'm a kind of like, yep. And, some of that is surface level. Some of that is who they are as people and kind of like what they do. And I think like ultimately with music, <laughs> it's, do you like what you hear? And for me, it's yes. it's yes. And it's like, and unpacking those reasons is what I find interesting and kind of like, yeah. And that there's almost like, um, an unattainable quality to like what it is that I like about them and almost like impossible to, to put into words. Like I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I've got a love for, yeah, a lot of stuff that I got a love, love for like seventies rock and just kind of weirdo music and stuff like that. And it's not really, <laughs> and not a lot of it. And I love like funk and yeah, I love like funkadelic and parliament and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. I don't know why it's just like something in me. It's just tickles me and like, kind of like I vibe to it. So it's like, what, like, what, like how, what kind of, I don't know, rationale or yeah. What, what it's almost like, what, 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 what can you say? Like you hear something, your ears prick yeah. up. Like what, what, what more, what, what more can be said? Do you know what I mean? Like without kind of, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we've covered the Moon Major, we've covered the kind of the, the, the sardonic wit and the sarcasm to their music. Yeah, I think, I think, we've, I think we've, we've, we've summed up Steely Dan in a way that if you haven't heard them, you might, it might have piqued mm. your interest. But I think yeah. the only thing that will pique your interest the most is sticking on, sticking on a couple of songs and going, do I like yep. it? Does it sound good? If it does, yeah. Hey, you're gonna be you're gonna be a you're gonna be a Dan head if if uh, you're gonna be a Dan <laughs> fan, or if if not, you, do you know what I mean? There's I don't know. There's there's other bands out there for you. You can, you might be a you might be a deadhead. Do you know what I mean? You might be a Grateful Dead guy. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. You can you can be both as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well said. And I guess really to take us home, then where can the good people find you and 
talk to you about Steely Dan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, and TikTok, where normally I'm talking about films, but occasionally I do talk about Steely Dan, actually. I've like maybe mm. like every, I don't know, six to 12 months, you'll probably see a tweet from me being like, that's it. I'm going to start a Steely Dan podcast. I'm going to go through <laughs> track by track, album by album, kind of like do them all, get get some guests on, talk about the songs, why they love them. Like, Yeah, I'd listen. <laughs> but then like, I've got I've got enough on my plate. I, yeah, I host the, <laughs> the Caged In podcast where I talk about all things Nicolas Cage and the Coppola family. And it's a real, it's a real, it's a real fun podcast. Um, I have a lot of fun recording it and get to speak to some wonderful people about some good films, some great films, some not so good films, some not so great mm. films and everything in between. And yeah, there's some fun, exciting stuff coming up on the horizon. That if you're not kind of, uh, tuned in already, like I would, I would definitely recommend people, people get on board. Like I've had Harley on as a guest talking about the founder of had Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have James King from BBC radio two coming on very shortly, depending on when nice. this is out. Let's talk about the Virgin suicides. Got some really okay. great interviews lined up for an upcoming Nicholas cage, um, film. So yeah, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm on the precipice and I'm probably the most confident and f- I don't know, I'm having the most fun I have had with the podcast in a long time. Like, not that I never didn't have fun, but like, I, I'm, mm. I'm super, I super love doing it even more so now. And I yeah. just feel like it's getting better and better. And yeah, come on, come join the cage train, baby. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that. Yes. Uh, I think it's a brilliant listen and was absolutely thrilled to be on the show recently. Yeah, it was great fun, man. And, yeah, I think I just I love a niche podcast anyway. And like <laughs> yeah. you said, you get some amazing guests. I, I learn a lot. I feel like genuinely every time I listen, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because I had no idea like how far the, the yes. Coppola family tree went and all of that. So I've, I've loved learning, learning more about that. And uh, yeah, I'll be leaving some links in the show notes. You should definitely go and check it out. And I guess with that, yeah, all we'll I have to say is thanks very much. And that's it. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Harley. Sorry, I wasn't sure whether you wanted to end on that or just kind no, of like. I was the same. I was looking at you, going like, "Oh, I probably should have left it right there," but I'm I'm still talking. I think I, I, no, I think, I think there was a, a big enough of a pause that you can just edit that out, right? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll leave this in. It just depends what mood I'm in. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh... And there we have it. Thank you so much, Petros, for coming back onto the podcast and sharing your love of this incredible band. I have to say, since having this chat with Petros, I've had a great time diving into the back catalogue and listening through Steely Dan's work. And of course, I would encourage you to do the same. They are, of course, available pretty much wherever you get music. And if you go ahead and check them out and you like what you hear, then make sure to give myself and Petros a message. I have left his links in the show notes where you can go and get in touch and also check out his awesome podcast. You really should go and listen to Caged In Coppola Connections. It's one of my favorite listens. It's just a fascinating dive into one of Hollywood's most powerful, influential, and biggest families. It's just a really good listen. And I'm not just saying that because Petros was kind enough to have me on the show. 
But of course, that would be an excellent jumping off point if you are new to his podcast. So once again, links are in the show notes for that. Go and give him a follow and tell him that I sent you. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast and talk about this episode, then by all means, reach out to me on the social media platforms that are linked in the show notes. The best one, honestly, is Twitter. But I do also have a Discord server, which I've set up and I do keep an eye on. So feel free to check that out. If you want to help out the podcast and just say thanks, basically, for this episode or indeed any of the episodes that you've enjoyed, then please consider doing a few simple things to help me out. First and foremost, tell someone. I really don't mind how you go about doing that. If it's social media, if it's word of mouth, email, whatever you want to do, just let them know. It's really the best way to help a podcast like this to grow. You can also leave me a lovely five-star review on your favorite podcatcher. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you will know that any five-star reviews that you do send will be read out at the end of the next episode as a way of saying thank you, because really, it is the least that I could do. And finally, if you want to throw in some money towards the podcast, then please consider heading over to the Kofi or Coffee page. Honestly, still not sure how you pronounce that. But either way, you could head there, throw in a pound or two towards the podcast, or you could head over to TeePublic and Redbubble and pick up some lovely merchandise featuring the wonderful artwork designed by one Alex Jenkins. All of that is in the show notes for you to go and check out. And that just about does it from me. I'll be back next week with a brand new guest featuring a creative topic, one that I really enjoyed learning a lot about, and I'm sure that you guys will as well. So until then, go and listen to Steely Dan, go and listen to Caged In Coppola Connections, and I will meet you all right back here for another episode of the podcast. See you then. Mm -hmm.